You're listening to Kyle Warren. Well, you can't make this stuff up, folks. YouTube is saying they're going to start pulling any video that says that there could have been election fraud. Election fraud in the 2020 election? Surely not. We'll tell you about that on the program today. Also, Eric Swalwell's spokespeople are not saying whether or not he had, well, interactions, shall we say, with a certain young lady who came from China and cozied up not only to him but to other local politicians as well. Maybe trying to get information? We'll tell you about that on the program today too. Stay with us folks. All right, welcome everyone around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you and a great pleasure uh, to be with you as we begin this Wednesday edition of the show. Thanks for joining us today. We have an awful lot to tell you about, of course. And don't forget, quick program note, I will be a guest later on this evening on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. And that, of course, all happens at 11.05 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can catch the program by simply going to kylewarrenshow.com. Uh, click on the links to listen live to AM860, The Answer. That's Captain Matt Bruce's flagship station there in Tampa, Florida. As the program goes out along the Salem Media Group of stations, also along the GCN network as well. The captain and I will have a complete wrap-up of all of the day's political events, all of the other news that you need, that you need to be hearing about uh, as well that you might not be hearing about in the mainstream media. And so we invite you uh, to join us later on this evening live on the radio and thanks once again for listening to this program uh today we have an awful lot of ground to cover so we are going to talk about swalwell uh we are going to talk about youtube uh there's also something going on about facebook uh with many um, uh, states and the u.s government uh suing to break up facebook evidently so a lot going on and of course a lot going on in the election as uh, uh, more states, as I understand, have joined in with Texas. And of course, uh, Texas Attorney General Paxton uh, is being, you know, uh, taken to task, vilified, if you will, for quote unquote, wasting the taxpayers' money. Well, once again, folks, you know, if we see things with our own eyes, and maybe it's nothing, if it's nothing, it should be so easy to demonstrate. But unfortunately, what we're being told is simply, nope, don't ask any questions about this. Even though you've seen things on closed circuit television cameras, even though you have sworn affidavits of and testimony of eyewitnesses, uh, even though the ballots don't add up, uh, all these things, it's okay. Because Uncle Joe just won the election and he got 80 million votes. And if he got 80 million votes, well, then more power to him, I guess. And if that's the case, then that's the case. But wait a minute. If it should be so easy to demonstrate, don't you think? Nope, nope. What you need to be is you need to be silenced. Okay, you need to be silenced. And uh, so, yeah, well, let's let's start with the uh, with the YouTube uh, story. Then we're going to get to Swalwell, OK, because uh, oddly enough, and I'm sure this will come as a shock to you, uh, but the media is not really covering the Swalwell story. And uh, one would think that they would. Uh, but of course, 
Swalwell went back to, uh, of course, the uh, Russia hoax stuff, and and he touted that uh, very loudly, uh, all the while evidently uh, cozying up from uh, from all accounts. And again, there's no official word from his spokesman about this, uh, but all the while being involved somehow with a Chinese national who came here in about 2011. So we'll get to that story. Uh, but this from Newsmax, YouTube to begin removing claims of election fraud. Internet video site YouTube said Wednesday that it would begin to remove any uploaded content that suggested Joe Biden won or President Donald Trump lost November's presidential election due to voter fraud, labeling it as, quote, misleading, unquote. YouTube, purchased by Google in 2006 and now operating under the Alphabet umbrella, announced the decision in a blog post suggesting that the videos violate its, quote, community guidelines, unquote, that, quote, prohibits spam, scams, or other manipulated media, coordinated uh, influence operations, and any content that seeks to incite violence, unquote. Maybe there should be another writer along with that and just anything we don't want people to hear, maybe. Uh, because here, here's the deal. Um, since, and in fact, we just passed a very somber anniversary, right? Uh, back in November with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, there are many theories uh, that persist to this day um, of what actually happened to Kennedy. Did Hartley Harvey Oswald act alone? And so on and so forth. Um, and that is the stuff of history. That is the stuff of people in many ways uh, going out and doing empirical analysis. Uh, they do some kind of physical analysis as well. Uh, they try to duplicate certain conditions, uh, all these kinds of things. And it makes for very compelling documentaries. OK, it makes for very compelling documentaries. Likewise, any other historical documentary. Now, of course, the Kennedy assassination is is. Uh, one of the main uh, uh, things of the modern time, uh, the latter half of the 20th century, of course, um, uh, in terms of its significance. Um, but there are many historical uh, ideas and theories that um, that people can uh, go and they can make an argument for and they can try to get you to to come over to their side and their way of thinking. And that used to be called uh, the free exchange of information. And if you're trying to peddle some kooky idea, okay, uh, I mean, my goodness, there are so many programs about Bigfoot and aliens and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but yet, I don't think any of those things are being removed. And how about this? How about um, videos talking about Eric Swalwell and the Russia hoax, right? I mean, I wanted to say Eric Swalwell's Russia hoax, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, people like Eric Swalwell who peddled the Russia hoax. Uh, others who peddled the uh, government, former government officials, big time people who were peddling the Russia hoax. And it turned out to be just that a hoax. Are, and my question is this, are there any disclaimers anytime there is a video uh, about the Russia hoax. How about 9-11? There, there are videos about 9-11 things and so forth. Here, here's the point. I don't have to believe every video that I watch. I don't have to believe every conspiracy theory that is put forward about something. <clears throat> what I get to do as an American citizen and what you get to do as an American citizen is you get to make up your own mind. 
you get to make up your own mind based on the things that that you can learn about that then also you can make argumentation for because that's how we do things in a free society i'm just saying you know, and no matter if YouTube pulls anything that ever says, hey, there could have been some election fraud, that doesn't mean that people are just going to say, okay, oh, there's just nothing happening. It was all fine. It was the most secure election in the history of the universe, this kind of thing. And they very, very may well do that, right? But the thing is, you're free to think what you want to think. You're free to think what you want to think based on the information that you can gather. And Lord only knows what will then become the next thing that they just don't want you to hear about. The next thing that is not up for discussion. The next thing that, uh, that, uh, that uh, if, unless you have literally a party line, you know, then, then you're just your persona non grata and this kind of stuff. So, yes, the company justified its decision on the so-called safe harbor deadline the date which states are expected to certify their election results. Given that, we will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any time after that misleads people by alleging widespread fraud or errors changed the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election in line with our approach towards historical U.S. presidential elections, the San Bruno, California-based YouTube wrote. For example, we will remove videos claiming that a presidential candidate won the election due to widespread software glitches or counting errors. The action is likely to reinforce and amplify calls to remove Internet technology companies' liability protection under Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. Get this, folks. In addition to removing the misleading videos, YouTube said it will be, quote, connecting people to authoritative information. Such as, get this folks, NBC and CBS. I kid you not. <laughs> You're listening what to they Kyle said. Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit at amvets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. <laughs> Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That 
effervescing attitude and without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is, and welcome back to the program, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that great liner. And folks, we have so much more to tell you about on the program today, and don't forget, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. There you can find me on Facebook, friend me on Facebook, and don't forget, we're on Parlor. At Kyle Warren Show. So that's on Parlor at Kyle Warren Show. And we keep going up and up and up, just like the music is doing right there. And we have one reason and one reason only, folks, and that is you, the listeners. Thank you so much uh, for all that you're doing, helping to support the program. And if you're new here to the program, and if you like what we do here on the show, we do ask that you consider liking the program uh, in sense of uh, sharing it on your uh, uh, social media, uh, subscribing to the program, and there are many different ways you can do that. We're heard on some of these different podcast uh, listings and services, so welcome to everybody listening on uh, Google Podcasts, also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Republic, CastBox, and of course, you can go to our podcast home at kylewarrenshow.podbean.com. That's kylewarrenshow.podbean.com, and uh, we hope to see you there. Uh, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's let's turn here real quick. Well, actually, you know what? You know what I want to do. Um, I want to tell you what um, uh, what what happened with um, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, decided he was going to uh, announce his new uh, some of these new cabinet positions he wants he's trying to fill and uh, HHS secretary came up of course and that's going to be Xavier Becerra he's the attorney general of the state of California so to some degree it's kind of like okay well if he moves on to Washington it's actually better for California but then it's sort of the devil you know (laughs) you know who knows who will take his place but uh, we're going to um, see him. Evidently, uh, this all continues. Um, he will go to Washington. But Joe Biden, and this is really important, and it's just a quick little uh, soundbite. Uh, but Joe Biden, you know, all the things we talked about during the campaign 
about how uh, poor Joe Biden is is doing so poorly. Uh, he seems to really be struggling. Um, there are different whatever medical issues he has um, seem to be exacerbated. And uh, and and again, you know, we don't talk about that from a ha 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 standpoint or anything like that because it's very very. Uh, it's it's very very serious. We talked about elder abuse that seemed to be going on. Um, you know, this guy had no uh, business to be out in. A, well, he wasn't on a campaign trail for the most part, but no business running for president only because he seems to be battling these serious medical issues. Um, and uh, so, unfortunately, he's become the figurehead basically, um, and uh, he was able to uh, stay in the basement mostly. And, you know, kind of now we know kind of why, I guess. But the idea is that um, all of that that was going on prior to the election, none of that has changed. It's it's all still going on. And so I want you to hear this quick little soundbite where he's uh, mentioning that Xavier Becerra will be his HHS pick. Let's listen to Joe Biden. Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. And uh, so there you go. I said Xavier, but it it's, could be Javier as well, depending on the pronunciation. So that's not the issue, though. The issue is, um, and he renamed evidently the HHS to Health and Education Services or something like that. So if you listen to Joe Biden now, of course, he's reading this off a giant teleprompter, which is over on the other side of the room, I guess. Uh, He's not speaking from notes. He's not speaking extemporaneously, by the way, either. Don't you think he would know who Becerra is? He's nominating the guy, for goodness sakes. Don't you think he would have heard his name? I don't know, maybe a hundred times. How is it? It's Becerra, right? But Bacaria seems to be a pretty good departure from, from Becerra. Uh, And again, because Joe is trying to read this maybe for the first time. And and again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to uh, to say, ha ha, somebody has an ailment. I'm simply saying this is of great concern for our country. It's of great concern. How is this guy going to do any kind of an actual president job? Okay, that's just what I'm saying. How is that possible? Well, Kyle, he's got his, well, I know he's got a whole machine around him. He's got his wife and she watches him like a hawk. There's no doubt about it. And she's had to. In fact, when the subject of gaffes came up with Jake Tapper, what did she tell Jake Tapper? Oh, you can't go there. Jake Tapper dutifully, oh, I, just, I won't go there. I can't go there. <laughs> oh, I can't go there, huh? No, you can't go there. When there is a there, there. Okay, there's there's no doubt about it. There is a there, there, when it comes to Biden's gaffes. Let's listen to his gaffe again, and and listen very carefully. Here we go. Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. Okay, so now do you hear what he's doing? He's running all of his words together. In other words, he wants to be saying something like. For Health and Human Services Secretary, I nominate Becerra, basically, Javier or Xavier Becerra, right? But what he does is he runs his words together 
he doesn't even pronounce the word services. It comes out as something else. It's like one of those other Biden things where he kind of goes, we don't know what he said, um, but yet it was supposed to be really great. So let's let's listen again. Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominate Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. And so there you have it. There you have it. Isn't that something? Uh, and it, it's more than something. It's it's really a, a big something. And I'm very, very sorry that we're continuing to see this kind of a um, of, uh, of of degradation, as it were, uh, of his uh, of his cognitive abilities. And yeah, if you're speaking really fast, you could run words together. But if you're making a statement and by the way, everyone's listening to him. Right. I mean, there's nobody who's going to speak. There's going to be no noise that's made. Nobody's going to interrupt him. He's got the floor, right? He's He's got the floor, and he can come out with his statement. Like I said, he wasn't reading from notes, but his statement would have simply, everybody would have been waiting with bated breath. What What are you going to say? And he, I nominate Javier Bacaria for Health and Human Services. Well, he could have done that, but he didn't. And by the way, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to call him Javier Bacaria from now on. I'm, I'm almost positive of that. But uh, but the thing is, and what, what's he going to do? Who knows? Uh, but uh, but again, if somebody was talking like that, you would have a concern that, again, there's something else going on here. So I'm just throwing that out there today uh, because it is obviously very, very uh, sad and number one and dangerous uh, in another way uh, because here again you know this guy's going to be talking to uh, world leaders uh, he's going to be making decisions in many cases on the fly because of what's happening that's what happens with presidents sometimes there's a crisis and you have to make a decision um, but um, who knows he may tell everybody to go back home and turn on the record players or something I don't know all right this from New York Post our old friend, I was going to say our old friend Javier Becerra. No, it's our old friend, Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, who's completely a lightweight when it comes to being a congressman, when it comes to being on the shows. This guy, and he ran for president, right? And I'm just sorry to say, I just there's just he just doesn't have any, remember the word? gravitas right there's just no gravitas when it comes to swalwell okay this from the new york post uh and it's a little spicy okay i'll just i'll warn you it's a little spicy representative eric swalwell democratic california is refusing to say if he had sex with an accused chinese spy who cozied up to a slew of u.s elected officials including him in a bid to infiltrate the U.S. political system. Right? Kid you not. Kid you not. Here's the guy who was running off at the mouth about the Russia hoax and all the while, all the while evidently involved in some way, shape, or form with a an accused Chinese spy whose job was to come and try to get information. Ah, brother. But who was the agent of Russia? Oh, the agent of Russia. That was Donald Trump. He was the agent of Russia. 
40-year-old congressman was among a group of Bay Area Democrats targeted by the honey trap, also known as Christine Fung. And in other circles, evidently she's known as Fung Fung. I saw that in another story who entered the U.S. as a college student in 2011 and spent the next four years wooing the lawmakers to get close to sensitive government intelligence, according to a report in Axios. When we come back, we'll finish this up. But here's the scary part, folks. This guy's on the House Intelligence Committee. He's on the House Intelligence Committee. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on the Kyle Warren Show. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus, who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd, who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stained it with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus, on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time. But the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Wednesday edition of the program. It is Wednesday, December the 9th, uh, 2020. And uh, yesterday, of course, was December the 8th. And we ended the program yesterday with a little bit of music uh, from John Lennon watching the wheels. And uh, hard to pick a quintessential John Lennon song, uh, but that one seemed to be kind of apropos. Um, and I just saw a, um, a documentary uh, uh, chronicling the uh, the last day of John Lennon's life. Um, and uh, that this was produced a long time ago, of course, but um, very powerful, very compelling stuff. Very sad. Um, he had just turned 40 
and was, I think, getting ready to make even more great music. They had completed Double Fantasy. Uh, there were a lot of other tracks that were uh, being done, which eventually came out as a posthumous uh, album uh, with a couple of uh, different, uh, really, well, I think a lot of them were, but but a couple of uh, tracks that uh, were then radio play and, and so forth. But uh, um, just uh, going back over, that terrible day is just uh, really something and uh, very, very unfortunate. I, I would have loved to have heard all the different songs that John would have uh, would have made over the years. And, uh, and of course, uh, George Harrison, uh, we lost him uh, in 2001, uh, shortly before the end of the year that year, as I recall. And uh, so you have Paul and you have Ringo of the Beatles uh, remaining. And... Um, and Paul McCartney's coming out with a new album, I understand, too. So, uh, But at any rate, um, just remembering John Lennon yesterday and, um, you know, and back then, of course, there was no Internet, there was no Twitter, no, no social media of any kind. And the people that just poured out into uh, the streets of New York uh, near the Dakota building there uh, near Central Park was just, just unbelievable. And uh, some, uh, some very, very sad memories, but, but uh, a lot of good memories about uh, John Lennon and uh, his uh, music and uh, just uh, his ability to, uh, uh, to, uh, to just uh, be an artist and create. And a lot of times, you know, you, you may not agree with everybody uh, politically on different things and whatnot, um, but uh, boy, he sure did. Uh, he sure did uh, make it look easy. Uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, remembering John Lennon 40 years ago, yesterday, taken taken from us in uh, New York City. Um, okay, so let's let's take a look here because uh, we were talking about Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, 40 year old congressman among a group of Bay Area Democrats. Again, this from New York Post, uh, targeted by Christine Fung, who entered the U.S. as a college student in 2011. Swalwell, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, who needs to be off the House Intelligence Committee, like right away, don't you think? Uh, has cooperated with federal investigations into Fung, according to his spokesman. Representative Swalwell long ago provided information about this person whom he met more than eight years ago and whom he hasn't seen in nearly six years to the FBI. Swalwell's office told Axios. Uh, to protect information that might be classified, he will not participate <laughs> in your story. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> and Swalwell's office uh, relied on the classified information line when Fox News' Tucker Carlson questioned them about whether the California Democrat engaged with sexual relations with Fong. His staff replied by saying they could not comment on whether Swalwell had a sexual relationship with Fong because that information might be, quote, classified, unquote. Carlson uh, said on his show on Tuesday night, Swalwell, and uh, in an interview with Politico, also sidestepped the question about how intimate he was with Fong, uh, whose uh, intelligence, uh, who intelligence officials had uh, said had sex with at least two Midwestern mayors as she tried to get information from them. All right, so this goes this goes on, but let's let's go over here to uh, let's see. There is an article in uh, this is from the Washington Examiner. 
major media outlets mostly ignore story linking Representative Eric Swalwell to suspected Chinese spy. Major news outlets have mostly ignored the Axios report linking Representative Eric Swalwell to a suspected Chinese spy early er, early in his political career. However, despite having been a loyal guest on an MSNB on MSNBC and CNN for three years to promote the Russia investigation, including allegations about President Trump being an agent of the Kremlin, the latest Swalwell news received almost no attention. From the cable news outlets on Tuesday, Fox News reported Wednesday, MSNBC spent roughly five minutes on Axios reporting during the network's 5 a.m. program on Tuesday without mentioning it again for the rest of the day. Meanwhile, CNN completely avoided the story altogether, both on air and online, the report continued. Now, here's the thing. This guy was on TV mostly MSNBC and CNN, and he was touting the Russia hoax. Yes, you know, Donald Trump's an agent of Russia and this kind of thing. I mean, you know, worthy of Keith Olbermann sort of grandiosity about that kind of stuff. And, um, but all the while, he could have been, I'm just saying, I'm just saying from what we know from so far of what's out there in the public domain so far, he could have, he could have been compromised he could have been compromised by the Chinese government. And if and if and if he was compromised by the Chinese government, could he have been could one of the big things he's supposed to do is go out and and do the Russia hoax? You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> well, do the Russia hustle, right? Do the hustle, do the Russia hoax, dun, 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 right? That kind of thing. And he's out there supposed to do the Russia hustle, right? And and all the while, if if I'm saying if he was compromised, well, as Dana Carvey's amazing, you know, his immortal character, the church lady would say, isn't that special? Right. (laughs) Well, isn't that special? Well, that's very special. Evidently, Uh, Fox News also noted that major newspapers such as The New York Times and The Washington Washington Post both of which dedicated much coverage to allegations against President Trump concerning Russia, had not yet afforded any coverage to the Swalwell story. Broadcast networks ABC, NBC, CBS also skipped coverage of the controversy during the morning and evening shows. Gee, I wonder why. Swalwell didn't make an appearance on CNN Wednesday in which he briefly, or he did make an appearance briefly on Wednesday in which he briefly discussed the uh, briefly addressed rather the story i was shocked (laughs) i was shocked he said shocked just over six years ago i was told about this individual and then i offered to help and i did help and i was thanked by the fbi for my help and that person is no longer in the country and i was a little surprised to read about the cooperation in that story because the story says that there was never a suspicion of wrongdoing on my part (laughs) he was shocked i tell you he was shocked swalwell also told politico that he found the timing the axios story to be suspect it's axios I've been a critic of the president. I've spoken out against him. I was on both committees that worked to impeach him. The timing feels like that should be looked at. 
Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Swalwell went on to accuse the intelligence officials who spoke with Axios of attempting to, quote, weaponize his cooperation in the incident. <sighs> All right. He was shocked. And could it be because he tried to impeach Trump? Oh, my goodness. See, this just gets better and better and better, doesn't it? He was shocked. You're listening to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug into e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plugin. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last year. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Show. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. That's right, folks. We are the ultimate in distance learning right here on this program. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that liner. And we are continuing to race through and rocket through this Wednesday edition of the program. 
so much more to tell you about, of course, as uh, we continue to uh, to uh, to go on today. Um, okay, well, you know what? What I mentioned, Keith Oberman, in the uh, last uh, segment, uh, in terms of the grandiosity of how how horrible President Trump was, is an agent, right, uh, of the Russian coup, or well, all this kind of stuff, right? Well, let's get in the way back machine. You've, you've got to hear this. This is from <laughs> this is from a few years ago. Uh, this is uh, uh, for about the 2016 election shortly thereafter. And here's Keith Oberman uh, trying to uh, rant and rave and sound important, I guess, uh, with with his ranting about how the America was just taken over pretty much by a Russian coup. Let's let's listen to a little bit of this just again to get the flavor of what was happening back then. And by the way, I don't know if YouTube is pulling anything that says Hey, you know, there was a Russian agent, there was a Russian coup, Vladimir Putin picked the president, and and by the way, why didn't Vladimir Putin pick the president this time, right? How, how why, what, wait, wait, wait a minute, why can't we just, just make sure that Putin didn't just change his mind and decided he wanted Biden, okay? Because Trump won, because Putin wanted Trump. So if Biden wins, does that mean that did Putin just take a holiday? He just I'm not going to I'm not in, I'm not in this this time around. You know, what is what are we supposed to believe? Right. And you figure a lot of the media people would know. So let's let's listen in to Keith Oberman. Here we go. We are at war with Russia, or perhaps more correctly, we have lost a war with Russia without a battle. We are no longer a sovereign nation. We are no longer a democracy. We are no longer a free people. We are the victims of a bloodless coup. So far, a bloodless coup engineered by Russia with, at best, the traitorous indifference of the Republican Party and Donald John Trump, a man who, to borrow a phrase from another December long ago, will live in infamy. In five weeks' time, unless desperate measures are taken, we will hand over the government to a man who lost the popular vote by more than Woodrow Wilson or Jimmy Carter won it, a man whom the Russians wanted to run our country for them, a man whom the Russians got to run our country for them, a man for whom the Russians interfered with our elections, which if we did it to another country would be described as an act of war. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, even four years later, the intensity factor of Keith Oberman. <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. We've lost the war, and unless what 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 else had to happen? Unless desperate measures were taken. Oh my goodness! I don't know what he meant by that, but uh, what was he what was he thinking? But we're no longer a sovereign nation. We're no longer a democracy. Well, I wonder. I wonder. I just wonder, wonder, wonder if Keith Oberman, and this is just an open question to Keith, right? Would Keith Oberman would he be interested in? any kind of shenanigans that went on in the election this time, like, I don't know, stopping the counting in certain states and certain cities and then injecting all these ballots all at the same time, ballots that, according to testimony, seem to be just copies of the same ballot or or how about people that showed up and said, I'm here to cast my ballot. And they were told, you've already cast your absentee ballot. Well, I never ordered an absentee ballot. Sorry, you cast your ballot already. Here, you can make a provisional ballot and this kind of thing. But wouldn't Keith Oberman be worried about our... I'm just I'm going out on a limb here. Wouldn't he be worried about our democracy, whether or not somebody was meddling with it, whether or not there was a bloodless coup that went on? 
would Keith Oberman would would he be um, uh, amenable to desperate measures? But you see, in our case, desperate measures mean you're going to file a lawsuit that's going to eventually get to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to look at all this different evidence. What is the remedy? Uh, what happened? Uh, could reasonable people determine that there were, in fact, major shenanigans? That's the desperate measures we're talking about. I don't know what the heck desperate measures he wanted. But again, it's just really sad. I mean, you, you can rant and rave and, and try to put on a show, uh, but there was just, again, and now uh, we know for a fact that there was no bloodless coup and Putin didn't pick the president and Donald John Trump wasn't an agent of Russia and he wasn't installed to run our country the way Russia wants us to run it and all this kind of stuff. I don't think Russia, you know, uh, Russia's in kind of the same boat it was a long, long time ago before the fall of the Soviet Union even. In terms of its struggling, right? In terms of its struggling, do, do we buy stuff from Russia in the sense that do, do we buy electronics? Do we what do we buy? Uh, and, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm simply saying, you know, Russia has a smaller economy than than some other countries that are way smaller than Russia, for example. And so to think that Russia has the resources uh, or the ability to do the kind of infiltration that you would need to have to rig the election, I think is, uh, as we saw in the Mueller report and all that stuff, I think it's a little far-fetched, right? It's a little far-fetched. On the other hand, there there seems to be a country that has a lot of resources and might be able to, um, you know, uh, wield a lot of influence. And I wonder who that might be. But at, at any rate, at any rate, uh, there was no coup, uh, bloodless or otherwise, uh, and uh, Keith Oberman uh, just looks like a, a hothead, <laughs> just completely. Uh, four years later, uh, and it's uh, it's really it's really kind of sad. But I mentioned him, and so all of a sudden we oh we found this. Let's let's take a look at this. Uh, but at any rate, okay. So now let's go to this uh, article here. I think in the time we have left here today. Uh, this is from Business Insider. This caught my my eye earlier. <clears throat> it's an opinion piece from Lynette Lopez. And uh, Lynette Lopez writes, like I said, Trump is going to ghost us. All right. So she writes, like I said, Donald Trump is going to ghost us. Back on November 6th, that was a Friday. I told you guys that the outgoing president would not attend the inauguration. I said he would never clap politely after President-elect Joe Biden swore a Bible and took his place. I told you that he would instead probably go to his Mar-a-Lago resort one weekend and never return. Now, according to reports, he's telling aides he may do just that, go to Florida for Christmas and stay there. Trump was a sore winner in 2016. He's even a more sore loser now instead of performing his duties through the entire term and then offering his office and the American people a dignified farewell, he's reportedly thinking about having a rally to complete to compete with Inauguration Day. Consider this like spotting the person who ghosted you on a date with their new love interest. None of this is surprising from Trump. It's also not surprising that he's more than abdicated his responsibility to the American people. He's hijacked it, she writes. Our lame duck president's public schedule is virtually empty. Those close to him tell 
Uh, those close to him tell reporters that he spends his days raging at his enemies, complaining to his friends, watching tons of TV, and of course spreading lies about how the election was stolen from him. Well, first of all, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just uh, this is the kind of. I mean, first of all, I don't know what will please the liberal left in this country. What will please you? Will would it please you that Donald Trump would have a very visible, full schedule every single day, going out there and 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 being on camera every single day, all day? Would that please you, or would you say, "Look at this guy. He's trying to squeeze every little last bit of being on camera as quote unquote the president um, until he has to leave because Joe Biden is going to come in." You know, so would see again. You you can't win. If, if he lays low, well, then he's, he's abdicating somehow his role. If he were to come out and be very visible, he would be milking it, right? So you, you can't win. How about this other thing? Uh, what does she say here? Um, our lame duck president's public schedule is virtually empty. Uh, da, da, da. He's showing it less interest. But he's going to go to Mar-a-Lago, basically is what she's saying. He's going to go to Mar-a-Lago and never return. Um, so, so now he's, instead of performing his duties through his entire term, maybe Lynette here doesn't understand. And I'm, you know, here's, here's the deal. Wherever the president goes, that's pretty much the white house. Okay. Uh, you know, the president gets on the airplane on air force one, that's a flying white house. Wherever the president goes, the president can do everything the president ever has to do because all the entourage and the people and all the things, everything just sort of follows him wherever he goes, because you never know when something could go wrong. In other words, he could be in a state somewhere, some different place for a political rally or maybe for meetings with people and whatnot. He could be overseas for a G8 summit or something like that. And wherever the president goes, the president can do every single thing the president ever needs to do. It's just that simple. So it's a little weird to say, well, he would go to Mar-a-Lago. Well, so what? Uh, you know, <laughs> and by the way, if he stayed in the White House, you'd say, look at him. He's trying to you know, sleep one last night in the White House and, you know, this kind of thing. Or if he goes to his Mar-a-Lago resort where he's fully tooled up to do everything he would ever need to do as president, um, suddenly it would be now it's, well, he's ghosting us and, and he's abdicating. So again, let this be a lesson because this kind of this kind of opinion piece, it's 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 their opinion, and that's fine. They can always be doing that, um, but that kind of opinion piece, again, it's a it's a no win situation. What are these people going to do if it's just Joe Biden to talk about? I think a lot of these people are really just hoping that Trump does hold a rally on inauguration day. Otherwise, it's going to be boring uh, completely in the extreme. And uh, so watch for them to really want Trump to stay around. Otherwise, they've got literally nothing to talk about. Okay, folks, we'll see you on the radio tonight and right back here tomorrow. To Kyle Warren. Take care out there.